Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this edition of Living Epistle Podcast. The inspiration for this podcast came to me while I was out one Saturday morning on one of my long runs. Okay, okay, I hear you asking, what is my definition of a long run? Well, I routinely run five to six miles two to three times a week for routine maintenance. However, when I'm training for a race, a long run for me means running greater than 10 miles. So it was on one of those 10 mile or longer runs that the Lord began to speak to me about this particular scripture. The scripture that I'll reference today is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. And I'll be reading those from the New Living Translation. And it reads, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step, and I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So what's happening in 1 Corinthians? Well, 1 Corinthians reveals the problems, pressures, and struggles of a church that was established out of a pagan society. The Apostle Paul addresses a variety of problems regarding the lifestyle of the Corinthian church. There were differing factions, there were lawsuits, there was immorality, and questionable practices going on within the church. So in addition to words of discipline, Paul also shares words of counsel to answer questions, genuine questions raised by the Corinthian believers. And this is where we find ourselves in Corinthians uh, chapter 9, where Paul is offering words of counsel. And the first thing he says to them in this particular verse is he says that we must stay focused on the prize. Again, verse 24, Paul says in verse 24, Paul says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Paul starts off by telling us that what will help, what what will keep us motivated in this Christian life is staying focused on winning or staying focused on gaining that eternal prize. You know, we recently celebrated Memorial Day this past Monday, and I couldn't help but think about our World War II veterans. And there's the upcoming 76th anniversary of the Allied Forces invasion of Normandy. Uh, That will take place on June the 6th. Well, 76 years ago, on June 6, 1944, the Allied forces invaded Normandy. And as a result of this invasion, um, France was ultimately liberated and Europe as a result from Nazi Germany domination. And I recently heard an account of one of the actual soldiers who was part of the invading forces at Normandy. He's well into his 90s now. But he said that during that invasion, the conditions were horrible. He said it was bitterly cold, it was rainy and windy, and the Germans were raining down artillery on them as they were trying to go up that particular hillside. And he said all they could do was focus on getting up that hill and overtaking the Germans. Going back was not an option because there was nothing there behind them but ocean. The vessels that had dropped them off had re- that had retreated, and so all that was there was the ocean. There was nothing there for them to go back to. And how many of us can relate to that situation today? When we look at where the Lord has brought us from, 
going back to our old lives, our own ways, our own relationships, our own hurts, our habits, and our hangups is not an option for us because there's nothing there for us to return to. And even though we might currently be in the midst of a storm or a battle right now, can we say COVID-19? And boy, has that dramatically impacted all of our lives today. Our only viable option now is to move forward. It is to keep moving forward toward the prize that God has in store for us. Things are definitely not the way they used to be. But the question should be, Lord, what is it that you're calling me to do in this new season? Let's stop being stuck in the past and embrace the new direction or the new path that God has for us now. And to be totally transparent, that's one of the reasons why I started doing this podcast. God said, it's time to move forward. The other thing Paul tells us in this verses or in these verses in verse 25 is that we must train. It says, now no athlete are disciplined in their, he says, now athletes are disciplined in their training and they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. And no athlete goes out and competes without first putting in the training that's necessary to win. Take, for example, Steph Curry. He shoots hundreds of three-pointers during practice. Serena Williams had a baby girl in 2017. And then after that, she went on to win the Australian Open when she returned to competing. And so one of the sportscasters asked her, "Um, Serena, what do you attribute your success to? And she said, it's her training regimen. And most recently, ESPN just finished an airing a docuseries titled The Last Dance. And in that, one of the key factors to Michael Jordan's success and his rise to stardom and his historic NBA success was his legendary worth ethic. Anybody who worked with him or anybody who played with him or competed against him knew about his work ethic. He competed just as hard in practice as he did during the actual games. And then, as you guys well know, Jordan, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls went on to win six NBA titles. And you're probably saying, Tony, I understand training for athletes, but how do Christians train? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. And here's some key ways that Christians train. One of the ways we train is by studying God's word. And I think Joshua 1.8 sums it up beautifully. Joshua 1.8 reads, the book of the law shall shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So studying God's word, not just reading it, not just glimpsing it, not just glaring it over, but studying it and letting it become a part of you and meditating on it day and night and you will have good success. And then praying. The scripture is clear that no move of God happens without prayer. Jesus has such a powerful prayer life that his disciples had to ask him, Master, teach us to pray. And of course, this is where we get the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer from. You see, when we develop a discipline of prayer, that discipline will then become a habit. And ultimately, that habit will become a delight. And I have to give my personal testimony on this is that There was a group of us who, through our church, New Mercies, have been praying for years, Monday through Saturday, every morning at 6 a.m. And I can't begin to tell you what a blessing it is 
to hear the prayers and to hear the testimonies and to hear how God has moved and helped us through our trials and our tribulations, but also has answered so many of our prayers. And then finally, one of the keys or the one of the key uh, training tools that we as believers have is fasting. And we don't talk much about that now in today's modern church. But let me be clear. I am not talking about any of the latest diet craze, for example, the intermittent fasting for weight loss. What I'm referring to has nothing to do with whether you're a keto or paleo or pescatarian or vegetarian. And I'm not even talking about something I heard this morning called skinny tea. Have no idea what that is or any of the other fads or the liquid diets. I'm talking about fasting for the express purpose of getting ourselves into a place where we can hear clearly hear God's voice, where we can clearly experience the presence of the living God. We're fasting for healing. We're fasting for salvation. We're fasting for repentance. We're fasting so that we can clearly know, Lord, what should we do in this situation? And certainly fasting before we begin to move in any of the assignments we believe that God is calling us to. So let's be like Steph Curry and Serena Williams and Michael Jordan when it comes to training in the spiritual disciplines the discipline of studying God's word, the discipline of prayer, and the discipline of fasting, so that when it's game time, that is, when life happens, we're in our spiritual, we're in in peak spiritual shape, and we're ready for the battle. And then Paul tells us that we must fight with purpose. Verse 26 says, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. As believers, we must understand that we have a real enemy. John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes to, uh, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's Satan's assignment. That's Satan's mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We're in a battle with a real adversary, and we're battling for our lives. We're battling for our dreams and visions that God has given us. We're battling for our children, Um, There are so many things right now that are competing for their lives and competing for their attention. And they are literally at our kids' fingertips. Computers, iPads, iPhones, Androids, tablets, etc. And then we've got social media. We've got Snapchat. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. And most recently, TikTok. And all of these other pressures that are on them. Pressures that are causing them and competing for them to look at any place, in every place except at God. Then we've got the competition or we're competing for our marriages and our familial relationships and our friendships. We are in a battle over our schools and in the workplace. And certainly we're in a battle in the community. We don't have to look any further than what just has recently happened in Brunswick, Georgia. And within the last few days in Minneapolis, Minnesota, there is a real enemy and it's not black or white. It's not young or poor. It's not rich or old. There's a real enemy, and his name is Satan. He's coming to to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So my question to you is, what is it that God has promised you? What is it that he's spoken to you that you've not been able to move forward in? For some reason, you've gotten off course. You've gotten stuck. I challenge you today to recommit to pursue that which God has promised you, to recommit today to take back what the enemy has tried to steal, or in some cases is actually stolen from you. Because you see, the other part of John 10 10 says that 
I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So I challenge you to do something every day that moves you closer to your goal. I challenge you to be intentional every day in your pursuit of the prize that God has in store for you. So what does that look like? If that means you have to write something, if it means you have to read something, if it means you've got to call somebody, if you've got to search a website, if you've got to send an email, do whatever it takes, but do something to begin to move towards the prize that God has in store for you. And then finally, Paul tells us we must discipline our bodies. Paul says he disciplines his body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might become disqualified. You see, when Paul speaks of discipline in our bodies, he's not just talking about our bodies only. He's talking about our bodies and our minds. And in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I'll paraphrase. He says, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, we don't only have to be careful about our physical diet. That is what kind of physical food we feed our bodies. But we must also be careful about what kind of spiritual food we feed our spirit man or our spirit woman. And I'll come back to that in just a minute. But let me pause for a moment to talk about our physical diets. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as such, we particularly in the African-American community must do a better job of taking care of our bodies. COVID-19 has hit the African-American community the hardest of any other community. Why? It is because of our underlying poor health issues high blood pressure, obesity, and diabetes disproportionately affect the African-American community. And here's statistics how the the statistics bear out. African-Americans make up 33% of all the confirmed COVID-19 cases in Georgia. And here's something that really blew my mind. The Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta said that 83% of all hospitalized COVID-19 patients in Georgia were African-Americans. And I would venture to say, family, that those statistics are pretty similar for the U.S. in general, not just specific to Georgia. So we have to make healthier food choices. We have to make healthier lifestyle choices. And if we don't do it for ourselves, Let's do it for our posterity. Let's do it for those who are coming behind us, for those future generations. We have to do it for them. And as it relates to our spirit man or our spirit woman, and let me be clear on what that is. That is that new creation when we accepted Jesus Christ into our lives and Jesus became head of our life and the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of us. Now we are new creations and that spirit that lives inside of us needs to be fed. And so we can't feed our spirit man or that spirit woman a steady diet of Atlanta housewives or empire or power or how to get away with murder or our favorite sports sporting events or even a constant diet of CNN or Fox News. That doesn't feed the spirit man. And we can't expect to feed it that steady diet of that non-spiritual food and then have that spiritual power, that dunamis power to move and to be the force that God is calling us to be. But here's the beauty of the race that we're in as believers. We have the victory positionally in Jesus Christ. We all get a crown if we endure until the end. 
And this crown that we get is better than any T-shirt we might get for finishing a 10K race or running a half or a full marathon. It's better than any trophy that we have on our shelves that we haven't looked at in years that's collecting dust. Understand that when we successfully run this race that God has placed us in and that God has ordained for us to run, that we get the we get to reap the rewards throughout all of eternity. So it's incumbent upon us that we make sure that we do everything that we can to stay focused on the prize, that we commit to spiritual to to training in the spiritual disciplines of studying God's word and praying and fasting. It's incumbent upon us that we fight with purpose, that we're intentional every day in doing something towards God's plan and God's purpose for our lives. And finally, it's important that we discipline our bodies and our minds and that we focus on fulfilling the plan and the purpose for which God has created us. And remember, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle.